0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Today we're going to be talking about what makes a good story and how to be a good storyteller. Here we go. You're listening to Draw and Talk, a show about indie comics and making comics with your host, Tyler Carpenter. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's your boy, Tyler. Um, It's another episode of Draw and Talk. I have a really special guest on today. His name is Frank Martin. Uh, We both had our comics in the same uh, company before it kind of went down. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and so now uh, we are going to be talking about Frank's uh, Kickstarter that he's going to be launching, and it's called, his book is called Modern Testament. It's a super interesting title. It's an anthology-based series, so each story is going to be unique. So Frank, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, Tyler, what's up? Super special guest. I'm glad you included that <laughs> up.
0: Of course, of course. So tell everyone, tell everyone right now why they should um back your kickstarter modern testament
1: all right so why i like modern testament is because it is an anthology series so i write every single story but every single story also has a different art team so you got a a wide range of uh, genres some are funny some are horror some are fantasy And They all have their own unique style with their different art team and they're also all standalone So it's not like they don't they all interconnect and have some big overarching story. They're kind of like They're like shots, you know, you can open up the book to any single story and just kind of dive right in So that's why I like it. There's the the kickstarters um, The trade on the Kickstarter's got 15 of them So it's 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 really nice and it's got a, a bunch of different flavors going
0: how how long is each story?
1: Uh, the longest is i believe 11 or 12 pages the okay. shortest okay. is um 5 pages
0: okay so, so that's it that's a good enough chunk though for you just to like hey i'm on my um i have i have a, i have some time real quick i don't have time to like delve into this huge graphic novel but i can you know ha- i have some time real quick to knock out a quick story here we go let's pick let's pick up modern testament yeah. and read a quick story
1: it was definitely nice in that I gave it to some people to review, and they said, this is 160 pages, you want me to finish a review by tomorrow? I say, well, look, I, got th- I could give you three stories, you could just dive right into them, they're a couple pages, and then you could get a nice flavor for the book that way. You know, you don't really have to, to consume the whole thing at once. Mm-hmm.
0: And what, so what made you want to go f- this route, t- t- telling multiple short stories, um, instead of doing maybe one bigger story? Um, yeah, what uh, what was your uh, thinking on that?
1: So I kind of put the cart before the horse on this one. I didn't necessarily step back and say, okay, I want to make an anthology. Let me make an anthology. I had a, um, a script for a short story that I'd written as part of a class, and I'm like, all right, now I'm left with the script. I need to get it made. And I said, even once I make a short story, what am I going to do with it? I got to wait around until an anthology comes around that I could submit it to that fits this particular genre. So I said, why don't I just make a comic myself, fill it with a bunch of short stories that kind of have the same theme, and and take it off from there? So it was more of a practical choice. And in the end, I really love that kind of format. The fact that I could, I didn't have to delve my whole time and a bunch of years of my creative life into one single story. I can kind of move, hook up with one story, finish it, then move on to the next. And from that approach, it was nice that I got to bounce around and do a whole bunch of different things in a short period of time, while all encompassing it into one single um, title.
0: And that's nice. That must be. That must have been like nice to stretch different muscles. Like maybe you, you know, you want a super violent story, and then you're like, you know, hey, I have an idea for like a comedic one, so you can do that as well. Whereas I feel like those who are doing, who do long stories, like for example, you know, my comic Demons, it's 14 issues, and I ha- if I have an idea of oh I want like this funny scene to go in it, I can't really put it in there because that doesn't fit the tone of the book. And I'd have to save that, you know, idea for a different story. Whereas with you, with whereas with uh, your format with Modern Testament, you have that freedom to do whatever you want with each different story.
1: Another fun, fun thing that I did, it was funny you say that, is that a lot of, for the most part, most of the stories are pretty dark and pretty grim and pretty serious. But in each book, at the end... I kind of put um, a pinup in there that I had. I, I had different artists do pinups that combine all the art, that combine all the characters, and it's a, a fun tone of a pinup. It kind of completely contrast dark and grim stories where it shows the characters either at the beach or they're hanging out and playing poker <laughs> or they're doing something funny. And that's another part of the the trade that was cool is that I could got to combine all those pinups and throw them in a gallery at the back of the book. So it's 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 fun i i really i'm proud of how it turned out
0: no that's awesome um everyone uh go on the kickstarter go uh, hit the link below in the description um or i have the kickstarter linked and uh back this book uh what are some of the what are some of the rewards that we can expect
1: so um some of the rewards is modern testament was originally released in four separate volumes with three stories apiece and then the trade is obviously the combination of all of them so if you're looking to get all the, the separate volumes, you can. If you're looking to get um, the trade itself, you can. And then um, the trade will have a, uh, a cover that's custom to it, and also and an I want to say like a uh, an ensemble image of all the characters on the inside cover, and that was done by artist Sean Langley on the outside, and the inside is Joe Davis. So they're offering commissions as part of rewards too, and they got a couple fun uh, other stuff. I'm offering some some scripts to some of the stories. I'm gonna. I, I'm offering also um, a custom thousand word short story that I'll write for you if you want to pick up that reward. So there's a couple other bunch of fun stuff going on.
0: No, that's super sweet. That's super sweet. Well, everyone, hit the link below to uh, check out this Kickstarter. So let's get into our topic: uh, what makes a good story, and how how do you become a good storyteller? Um, you know, we were just talking about um, before we were recording how you you know. I don't, I don't I don't want to say binge, but you really went you and your wife were watching the 100 and it was a really good show and for me I've been really struggling to find a good show that I can that I'm really invested in because I feel like the storytelling is weak in a lot of the shows I've been trying to watch. So I guess Frank, what in your opinion makes uh, a good story and how does one be like what are some qualities that someone has to have to be a good storyteller?
1: So um Breaking down storytelling when you kind of learn the craft, there's a bunch of different, I guess, what they call aspects of story. There's, I, I kind of, I remember learning this in English class in high school. You have the tone of the story, kind of the, the feel of it, um, whether it's comedic or serious, or, or kind of how um, that, that's tone. Then you got setting where it takes place, characterization. Um, to me, the most important aspect of a story is theme. So if I when I'm trying to build a story, I need to have a theme that I'm behind that it doesn't even matter if it's if it's stupid, if it's a slapstick comedy. If I have a theme that I can rally the story behind and the characters behind to drive it forward, then that's the backbone of a good story. If a story lacks a good theme, it's kind of just floating around. So um it's really hard to, to, to push a story forward because it's got yeah, theme to Route. Yeah. No, I totally
0: agree. Like um um one of my favorite series is uh Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleeson's run on Batman and Robin, and what made that what made that story good was the theme, whereas it wasn't like this the whole the whole basis of the entire series was this father and son relationship, so parenting and every issue that that theme was there and it was the driving factor of batman and his relationship with his son um robin um who's damian wayne and so with that theme you know it's pushing it forward that's what's pushing it forward i mean yeah there's some like lame themes that like you see in movies like right now, i know like the fast and the furious like their current theme is it's all about family that's what they always drive in every single Tricky
1: thing. I remember I think I remember that Batman and Robin one. It was the new 52, right? Yeah, when I first, I, Yeah, it was good. It was good. But I theme is a double edged sword because at some point, if you push it too hard, your story becomes preachy, which is not really what you want to do. You know, you don't want to force your theme onto people. You kind of suddenly want it there to kind of mm-hmm. to move things forward. So um, I'm I'm lost in the final on the Fast and Furious things. I don't think I've seen everyone. Well, I, that's
0: a, well, that's actually a good point because they kind of in the fourth and fifth of Fast and the Furious they were they kept they kept saying you know oh this is all about family but they didn't really push it. And now in like the eighth one, I I watched that movie. I counted them saying that word it's all about family like thirty to forty times. <laughs> I was just like yes we get it. Like even in the trailer when that movie came out, I was like with my friend and I said hey. How many times do you think they'll say "family" in this trailer? And they said it like ten times in the trailer, so that's when a that
1: theme <laughs> is really like just being smashed into your face. Yeah, it can kind of get obnoxious too if if a movie's a little too political, or if they're trying to be a little too um, potent in their in the political climate of the world. Like Black Panther is a good example in that it's a semi—I don't want to call it political, but it's a sem, semi-pertinent movie. But the theme is—it's it, not. Re- I don't think it's forced upon you. It's not really pushed into your face too much. It's subtle. Yeah, it's subtle. So it, it does. I think that's why Black Panther was found so su- successful because it resonated with people. But it, it's not like it was kind of—you gotta, you, you gotta love everybody. You know?
0: it was- <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, did you um, have? Did you have you did? Did you read uh, Sean Gordon Murphy's Batman White Knight?
1: Uh is that the one where Joker's the good guy?
0: Yeah, it's like kind of, yeah.
1: I I read the first couple issues on it and then I kinda I missed an issue. That's the thing that sucks about comics, is that if you miss an issue and you can't find it, you're like You're done. <laughs> I'm like, I need I need to go on eBay, I need to find this issue. Uh-huh. So I I, I read the first couple of issues and so then i kind of but i found th- i found that
0: book to be um like you can read it and enjoy it but like the undertones were very political but they weren't throwing it he wasn't jabbing it in my face yeah whereas i feel like i don't like i don't know if you've been following like the diversity in comics
1: yeah i mean how could you not if you're a comic guy that's true but <laughs>
0: Like, and I don't agree with a lot of like like 90% of the things that they say because you know a lot of it's pretty hateful but every now and then they'll point to like a horrible Marvel written book and, and it's the theme is just straight political and it's just shoved in your face
1: yeah, that's the tricky thing about what's happening with Marvel is that is that people are looking at they're trying to be very diverse with their books obviously and people are saying that that's the reason the marvel book sucks is that they're trying to be so diverse be like i don't care if their bu- the books are diverse i think their books suck because they suck you know mm-hmm. just they just haven't been good you know it just it's a shame that it's coincided with this initiative to try to, to try to have more female characters and more characters of, of color but it's just they had the stories haven't been good you know so it's kind of this whole diversity push is, has taken the blame for it and b- kind of been a scapegoat in a lot of people's eyes. When I don't think that the two are necessarily related.
0: No, it's true. Yeah, I I, I totally uh, agree with you because yeah, it's just it's just so mis it's it's a misfortune that this whole diversity conversation has to come up in the same time that Marvel's picking the like the worst writers on their yeah. books and yeah. then people are saying oh it's it's um, they go in hand in hand and. As some i mean i mean some of these writers they're just they they don't they keep throwing in their their personal beliefs and it's ruining the story and because of it, it's making everyone assume that diversity in comics is bad when it's it's not it it's just needs to be written uh, better than it is right now
1: i saw um on that on that point I did see somebody post a snippet of um of thor when when um what's her name j Jane, Jane Foster. For- Yeah, when she was Thor. And I haven't been reading it, but somebody posted a page up to kind of use it as an example of why it's bad. And basically she was going to fight another woman. And the woman said, I don't want to fight you because you're a female Thor and I respect what you're doing. But next time I come across you, I'm going to fight you. And like, yeah, I understand. That's kind of stupid, you know. (laughs) That doesn't make much sense. But I grew up in, the, I guess, the 2000s. When Bendis had his awesome run after Avengers went disassembled, mm-hmm. and they had um, they had a, an awesome run with Civil War, and then they had Secret Invasion, and they had Heroic Age, and that was a great Marvel run. So they're capable of writing. House of M was in that too. They're capable of writing unbelievable stories with these characters. Still, after so many decades, it's just for whatever reason they can't they can't get it together now.
0: I think a big thing is they've they they've trying to like take like when you create a character when a character is created it really at the from the very beginning it resonates with the reader so everyone knows who Batman is and they expect him his character to act a certain way similarly with like Iron Man and Captain America and I think the big problem is that because these characters are so well known when these writers are trying to write them in a different way that as um their perception you know like iron man right now he's not like this very serious he's like this comedic like stay at home dad kind of like he's he's so campy (laughs) and i can see why people are are not liking it because they're like that's not what iron man is and i'm sure if someone were to write a batman comic where batman is just telling jokes all the time there'd be like this huge twitter like uproar when you create a character, you know good storytelling is keeping with that character, and like it's like what we said, befo- like what I said before. I'm not gonna put a comedic moment with one of my characters in demons because that character isn't comedic, and if I were to do that, it would totally sway how my readers view my characters.
1: Uh, I mean, I tend to agree with you, but at the same token, I want to say that no story is off limits. You know, if you want to write a story with a comedic Batman, I mean, I there's always they got the Else worlds where they have and they Marvel has what ifs where they can do different things with different characters. So yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. to say that it's out of the realm of possibility that I always love people taking chances and doing something totally crazy just just to see if it works. But canon. But, yeah, I do, but I do understand. Yeah. In, in the realm of canon, you want to do something that's kind of. That that's plausible with the character that they have a consistency to them, and it's I guess I I mean I understand it. It's difficult. This character has been around for seventy years. Well, it's, <laughs> it's hard finding little niches to it to to tell a new story and put your own new original spin on it. But it, they they do do it. I mean I give them credit. Tom King's run on Batman now has been has been awesome. Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah, I've I've loved his run on Batman.
0: What did you think of Batman Fifty? Did you get angry?
1: I, I mean, I, got, I, I like, I, To be honest, I got a little confused.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I, I thought it was hard. There was all these pinups. I was like, there's all these letters, and I'm like, what? I, What's happening?
1: I, I mean, I, I, I didn't mind the pinups. I got, I got it. It was kind of an artistic thing. Uh, they had a page in there. I, I was, I was trying to take a picture of it with my phone to post it to tell people that I love this page. It was the page with Alfred when he says, "Alfred, I need you there. I want you to be my witness." Mm. And Alfred gives him a hug. I was like, "That's one of the best page, single pages of Batman I've ever read." I was mm-hmm. like, "That that was great," but I knew that. I mean, spoiler alert! It wasn't going to work out. Yeah, because of the big New York Times fiasco. Oh, uh, I didn't read that. Justing, I saw it and I was like, "I'm not going to read it." <laughs> so I knew, I knew something was going to happen that wasn't going to work out. And even still, I was kind of like, "Wait, what just happened?" Like, I still, I still didn't really understand the ending. Uh huh. Yeah, I really
0: hope that he, like, I mean, he said like, yeah, in the next fifty issues you'll see why. So,
1: it was, it was, it was a little weird. But I, their, their, I would say their engagement of the past year, like, I, I kind of looked it up. He proposed to her a year ago. They've been engaged for a year. So he's had a year's worth of comics that of just Catwoman and Batman engaged. Oh wow! Which, which has been awesome. You know, they had, they, they go on a double date with That them. was so cool. That was, a I was like, I'm trying to explain it to my wife. And I'm like, I'm like, she goes, I don't understand. Is there fighting? I'm like, no, they go to a carnival. It's awesome. And that's,
0: and that's good writing though. Like that shows how good Tom King is as a writer, that he can do two, two issues of of a Batman and Superman comic with no fighting. It's just a double date.
1: He makes me angry how good at writing he is. <laughs> he I read his I didn't know who Tom King was and I read his Run on Vision. Oh my gosh. I read like the first issue and I'm like who is this guy? I <laughs> oh my he, he, that
0: my Twitter blew up when like that. when like the trades came out of Vision. I was like I don't know what this is. So I bought the first trade and I read the f- first like four pages and was like oh my gosh and i bought the second trade immediately
1: it was totally i was like so at this time that was the time when people were were initially saying uh started saying how marvel sucked and they can't put out a good book i'm like marvel puts out good books they're just not like their main superstars they're not iron man it's not captain america at this point spider-man was kind of lax i'm like you got to they're there. You just got to find it. Mo- Moon Knight was a great book at the time. Jeff Lemire was writing it. Um, Old Man Logan was awesome at that time. Also um, Jeff Lemire. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you read the but, Hawkeye, Hawkeye with David Aja and
1: uh, Matt Fraction? I did not read that, but I heard that that was good too. So they do put out good books. It's just not that the, the – the, their main superstar books.
0: So what do you think then could improve the storytelling – like what? 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 What needs to improve in the storytelling to make these books good? And like, maybe how can like this resonate with like other creators who are writing books? How do can they make these their books better?
1: I don't know. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, let's let's do this awesome podcast on storytelling. I don't know what Marvel more, more figure it out. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think people they have becoming relying too much on gimmicks is what i'll put it so so this is my thing with dc so i've been i started reading i never really read dc i kind of got i jumped on the whole new 52 train and i've been reading a couple dc titles since then and people loved metal i wasn't really a big fan of metal do you read dc
0: yeah i um i'm a huge scott snyder fan but i could have cared less about metal i thought he I i think he thinks he's too smart
1: so, so, what they've been doing is is the reason I never really liked DC in the first place. They kind of focus on big abstract ideas. You know, Metal was all about the the dark multiverse, <laughs> and, and now they have on their run on Justice League. They're like, we have to deal with the instead of the Speed Force, it's the Still Force. Yeah. Uh, the the spectrum of light with the green lanterns we have the invisible spectrum and the source wall is broken it's like these these weird con uh abstract concepts that they're kind of focusing that their stories around and instead of and i'm like i'm really i'm not really turned on by that i thought Mm. metal was very cool because of the dark batman yeah but they started dealing with all right, we got the, the the first medal and the ninth medal. I'm like, no, this is just weird, you know? Yeah, like the first
0: issue I thought was really good storytelling. It was like bringing back flashbacks of the history of the DC universe. I was like, oh my gosh. But then the moment it got super deep and confusing, I was like, I don't care.
1: It, it kind of felt, felt like an issue of Final Fantasy, you know, where they <laughs> – like you know what Final Fantasy and the the final boss fight of every Final Fantasy ga- game, you get warped into this weird dimension where you have to fight the boss. I'm yeah. like, no, where? What are you doing? Where? Where are you? Yeah. I'm like, you got a, you got a, a, a crazy Joker fied Batman. Why aren't you focusing the story on that? Those those were the best part of that that whole event was the um, the Dark Knight one shots. Mm. We got Flash Batman and then the the. the um, the Wonder Woman Batman and the Cyborg Batman, those were the best part of the stories.
0: And I yeah, and I felt like they just didn't focus on the thing that made I mean that made it what I thought was really good was yeah, the Dark Batman. I mean not they're making a Dark Batman miniseries that just got announced. Yeah, yeah. But but I but I think I think though that that there's something to say about keeping your story Plausible, I not like super plausible. This is comic books; you can do anything you want, but like, don't just be creating things to be creating things. I mean, like, yeah, the Speed Force, but now there's the Still Force.
1: Yeah, so, so for instance, let's let's look at Civil War, which was Mark Millar's um, big crossover event. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Which, which I thought was awesome. Come, some people didn't like it, but for me, they. It was a huge event. You had all these characters. You have all these different books that kind of tied into it. But at the root of it, they dealt with a single idea, which was the, the registration act. Mm-hmm. How e- and they took each character and then they thought, how would this character react to this act? And that's what made the, the event so interesting And in that you had X-Men books where different characters reacted different to that different act. You had Wolverine. Who, who reacted completely different to it than everybody else. And Spider-Man really was the backbone of that entire event because he he had one feeling towards it and it twisted and he turned and he, he had a huge growth over the, the course of that series. So it's, it's like you really got to have an idea that, that boils down to each individual character and tells their own unique story. With, with Metal, it was just so big that they to 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 relate this story to superman individually and to batman individually it just got it got lost in the blockbuster of it all if that makes any sense
0: no it's true like there was moments where like the the scope of it was the scope of it was so big i'm like what's the motivation between any of these characters yeah. like by the time that like it was done i was I, I i was like i just don't i don't know what i don't like i understand that obviously the characters had a like fight to save the world but i didn't really understand the goal of anyone or how this affected anyone in the long term like well that's what i always loved about that's what i did like about scott snyder's batman run in the new 52 was batman was like he always i felt like he learned something after each thing and the reader did as well about batman i didn't feel i didn't know i didn't well one i had no idea what was going on in metal i had zero idea
1: <laughs> It's what's tough with comic books is that you kind of run into the the Dragon Ball Z effect, which is that, like in Dragon Ball Z, every villain was stronger than the last villain. Now we need to get stronger to top this villain. So with DC, it was kind of strange in that. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never thought about that. Yeah, with, with comic books and like and Dragon Ball, that's so true. In metal, in metal, it was kind of like. Okay, we're totally beaten. There's no way we could possibly win. We need to come up with this crazy plan to try to survive. And it's like every single event after that is like, okay, now we we're even worse than we off than we've ever been in the past.
0: I have never thought about it like that. That is so true. The Dragon Ball Z effect. I'm going to I'm going to use that now, but I'll give you credit. That is so true though because it's crazy that with all these big superhero events in in, in Marvel and DC, you're always like – but I swear they went up against like the last biggest, strongest dude last time.
1: Like, yeah, so how, so like, how are they struggling now? So the best stories are ones that uh, kind of come up with ways – creative ways to challenge heroes rather than just making some big obstacle for them to overcome because then the next one they got to come up with an even bigger obstacle to overcome it doesn't really work like that And
0: and I think readers are also looking for stories that they can like resonate with I mean there was something really weirdly I found it weird that I was able to resonate with Vision that Vision book it was a family book it's about the whole thing was about him and his family trying to assimilate
1: Yeah, it it wasn't about him overcoming an obstacle. The obstacle for him to overcome was society, you know? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like some big villain that he had to do. And it it, it challenged him in unique and different ways, which is what made the book so good. And then you combine that with Tom King's – he has a very unique way of crafting single issues that are part of a bigger story. You know, he's had stories that were just about uh, Victor, which is basically like Ultron's brother. Mm -hmm. Then he had single issues that were just about Scarlet Witch. His ability to, to pull out a single issue and focus it on a single thing while having it part of the story as a whole is very unique and it's awesome and it's kind of... It's the reason he gets the the praise that he deserves.
0: He does deserve it. Even, like, I found with... with... The reason
1: he gets bodyguards in San Diego.
0: <laughs> I also found that, like, Matt Fraction's uh, Hawkeye run, it was great because it wasn't, like, Hawkeye when he's, with the, when he's with the Avengers. It's about Hawkeye when he's not with the Avengers. He lives in, like, this crappy apartment, and it's about, like, him with a dog.
1: And Hawkeye?
0: Yeah, there's, like, one issue where it's just about... Like him, and he's trying to fix his 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 VCR player so that he can record this episode of a TV show that Wolverine and Spider Man told
1: him about. Those those are the greatest comics. The comics that take such a mundane thing and kind of make it relevant in the life of a of a superhero. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: and it's funny because like Tony Stark comes by to say hi, and he's like, "What are you doing with this VCR?" He's like, "I'm trying. To, I'm going to fix it. I'm, I'm having a bad day," and Tony's like. <laughs> I'll buy you a, a new one, and he's like, "No." And then, and then he like looks at the reader. And he's like, "If I don't fix his VCR, I can't fix anything else in my life." And and, like, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I can really I'm, relate to that."
1: I'm reading a uh, old man Hawkeye right now. Is that good, by the way? I I, I really like it. I, I do. It. It. That's it. That's it. I read I read the last issue, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "This is another one of the books that never get talked about that." show that marvel can still put out good books that i enjoy that i find entertaining
0: you just gotta find them
1: yeah yeah
0: well sweet dude uh thanks for being be- thanks for being on the show everyone uh everyone if you i hope you got something out of this podcast about uh storytelling we kind of like went about but i I we, think we, we hit we on bounced some stuff around
1: a bit. we did <laughs> so so much for theme because <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just everyone remember the Dragon Ball Z effect and don't do that.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty. my
0: mind is blown.
1: I love Dragon Ball Z though, so I it's can't so, really
0: Yeah, it's so like, good. You know, but complain. it's tr- but it's true every villain is stronger than the next.
1: Yeah, no, the the worst because at some point they abandoned the power levels cuz they realized we would just we would just keep upping the power levels. They would make it so obvious. Oh my God, he's at nine thousand. Oh my God, he's at nine million. Oh my God, he's at. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They did
0: stop with that because that was such a big deal that he was at 9,000.
1: Yeah, because every 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 villain after that was just stronger than the next. Now we need to become. But yeah, but it became obvious with Super Saiyan uh, levels. So it's like now he's Super Saiyan level two. Now oh. he's <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so true everyone uh thanks for listening hit the subscribe button also even more importantly than subscribing but you should subscribe go to the description down below uh back uh back frank's kickstarter modern testament just give it a look um and i'm sure once you see it you'll want to back it um thanks frank for being on the show
1: modern testament modern
0: testament boom you don't want to click on it and is there any other way that people can find you do you have a twitter instagram or facebook
1: Sure. On uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, my handle is at FrankTheWriter. And on Facebook, it's Facebook.com slash FrankMartinWriter. Boom. Hey, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks, Tyler.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Draw and Talk. Hit the subscribe button, like and comment. And once again, thanks for supporting me. You guys rock.